When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Al came to me several times and asked, what, what should I do? I said, Al, you need to talk to these guys. And so Al, I, I hope that Al's able to do that. He has the respect to do that. But will he do that? I think that's a whole nother thing. And now that you have a new coach, will that coach insist that Al is able to do that? The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. All right, another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I am Josue Pavone. He is Cedric Maxwell. Emergency Podcast. That's why Max is pulled up in his whip somewhere. Were you outside the crib? Yeah, doing a little shopping today. You know, for Jimmy go. So I can get you a bunch of hot dogs to put out on the grill to celebrate this wonderful day that uh, Biden has created for us. Absolutely. Happy Juneteenth, Max. Happy Juneteenth to everybody. Boston Celtics fans are pretty happy at the end of this week because uh, familiar faces coming back. That's Al Horford traded from the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Kemba Walker. This year's uh, number 16th pick, of course, in the first round. And uh, the Celtics in in return are also getting Al and getting Moses Brown, which I I think is a a good deal for the Celtics right now. A a good first step in the right direction from the uh, new Celtics president of basketball operations, Brad Stevens. But, Max, what do you think? What do you think about this deal? I mean, to bring back Al, well, obviously, yeah, we, knew, we knew what Al was before, you know, when he was in Boston. But now he comes back into a new team, a new situation here. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, you're not getting the same mail. This is an older player now. Uh, but I think he's still very serviceable. Uh, what you wanted to do, set picks, uh, you know, locker room presence, I think is good. He can extend the floor by shooting the jump shot. And the best thing I like about Al is he can defend the basketball. So if you can get that from Al, then, you know, you can get 25, 30 minutes a game. You know, you would, I would absolutely love that. I mean, I just think it's a culture move, right? I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when the Celtics season came to an end. Like, they need to change the culture. And I think when it comes to playing hard-nosed defense and putting forth the right effort that we know this team can put forth, we saw it in stretches. We just didn't see it consistently throughout the course of the regular season. Then you're going to see a different team. I think Al is that kind of guy who can put forth the right message, but make sure everyone is holding themselves accountable in the defensive end, Max. You know, see, I mean, I'm, what, I'm, you don't buy it? No, nah, I'm not really buying that. I think that's who he was, Max. He was that before. He's going to be the same guy now. Well, Maybe the numbers no, won't be the same, no, but it's not about necessarily no, no. the numbers here. Al, the Al, did not, Al did not hold people accountable. And that's one thing I talked about, Al, and the fact that he should have been maybe in that position being a guy who was a leader on this team, who was a star on this team, holding guys more accountable. Uh, you know, his voice was not heard. Uh, Al came to me several times and asked, what, what should I do? I said, Al, you need to talk to these guys. And so, Al, I, I hope that Al's able to do that. He has the respect to do that. But will he do that? I think that's a whole nother thing. And now that you have a new coach, will that coach insist that Al is able to do that? I don't think he's the kind of guy that gets in people's faces. But when he leads by example, when he's anchoring the defense on a night-in and night-out basis, I think it resonates, Max. 
that kind of that kind of approach is not only something that everyone wants to see and leads by example, you know, everyone is going to follow, but it's almost like someone like Robert Williams is never going to forget Al Horford. I mean, he talked about that at media day before the start of the season, how he was a mentor to him, how, you know, behind closed doors, that was a guy that made sure that he was always doing all right. You know, obviously when he was drafted all the time, Lord Jones, I mean, he got that nickname for the wrong reasons, right? And Al Horford immediately stepped in there and was a mentor to him. So now you see him two years later, obviously Robert Williams is a much better player at this point. But at least you have Al to, to help him through these stages here, through this crucial season, especially this crucial offseason, you know, this this transition into, into essentially a new era, right? A, a new head coach is going to come in here sooner or later. And, and if you ask me, I think someone like Jason Tatum probably had a say in this, or at least if he was asked about it, said, you know what? Yeah, I would love to see Al back in the team. You know, he's another guy who said that the media day after Al Horford left, he was like, man, Al Horford's one of my favorite teammates. You know, that was a young Jason Tatum. We're two years removed from that, but I would love to see what happens, how he can make him a better player, of course, and the rest of the team. Well, you and I are going to agree to disagree. I think Al is going to be good for this team. But I think when it it comes to being vocal and leading by example, Al will do that. Uh, But this team also needs one of these guys, a veteran guy, who's going to get in somebody's face and be vocal and be that guy who's going, damn it, we ain't going to take this. And that's not who Al is as a player. And I respect that. So I don't look for Al to come in and and grab people by the throats and say, this is what we're going to do. But if he leads by example, I will be satisfied with that. Well, let me ask you this, Max. Did uh, did, did Brad pull the trigger too quickly here? I mean, do do you think that he could have shopped Kimber around a little more? Could he have gotten a better deal than what we're seeing right now? Some people are saying, well, maybe that out offer, you know, maybe that package deal could have been waiting for you a week or two later down the road. Maybe that was something you do when all the other ones, you know, all the other deals you try to put together strike out. Too many things going on right now. Take the first thing that's coming. I mean, you're able to unload that contract with Kimber. You've done that. Now you've gotten a, a pretty good big piece coming back in Al who can defend the basketball. So why wait? You're talking about let's let's wait to do this, let's wait to do that. And that was one of the complaints that everybody had about Danny H. Oh, right. Danny has all these draft picks. He's not using them. He's not. Well, Brad Stevens came in and immediately used uh, some leverage and went in and make a, made a deal. And for the most part, I think people are happy about it. Uh, you know, I promise you Kimba's not happy about it because he loved his team. He loved his organization. And, and let's say this about him. Perfect player. Perfect gentleman. It did not work out for him physically because Kimba started to wane with his, his body, not being able to play uh, every day and not give a contribution like that. But it, the, I, I enjoyed Kimba as a player. I enjoyed him as a person. And what he did for this team, I think you, you can't measure it in words. What happens next, Max? Who's going to be the point guard of this team? Did you turn it? Do you get the keys to Marcus Smart to lead this offense? Do you look for a secondary point guard to come in here. I mean, either way, they're a little thin back there in, the, in, the, in that backcourt. How does uh, Brad Stevens address that? Point guards, I think, are easier to get in this league. So you'll see guys like Reggie Jackson's out there in the world. You'll see. Oh, got the, man. The big, you see that boy the, last night? You see the Clippers yeah, last night? We'll get into yeah, that later. Yeah, man. The, 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 bigs, the bigs are harder to get. So I think a point guard uh, in this league, there are a lot of guys out there who, you know, still want to play. Uh, you know, you think about uh, Isaiah Thomas, who wants to play. 
I don't know if you want him back as a starter, but I think he could give you quality minutes. So there's a lot of guys you can get who are point guards in this league before you got get guys who are big. So I, I think that will address itself in due time. What about Ray John Rondo? I know we talk about this, it seems like, every summer, but, like, this time, I mean, he's getting DMPs now. You know, the Clippers aren't even putting him in, in, in games at this point in this series. Well, do you want Rondo for the future of your team? And I think what you're looking for is some guys who are going to help you with your future, who are going to be here long term. If you look at Rondo right now, I think he could come in and do the job, but he's only going to be a one year, maybe maybe two years at best, a guy who's going to be around. So I think you want to invest in a guy who's going to be around and who's going to grow with Tatum, who's going to grow with Brown. So there's a lot of different things going to happen. Uh, you have some more flexibility under the salary cap because maybe Kimba's gone. So so there's some things I think you're able to do and, you know, free agents out there who could uh, you could possibly grab and, and hold on to. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing now. BetOnline.ag isn't just about sports. If you don't want to bet on sports, BetOnline has other options, such as award shows, TV shows, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Now, don't forget to use that promo code clns50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbook expert so with this with this trade going down obviously the other part of this is moses brown and you know for the Celtics to give up a first round pick Maybe everyone is not crazy about that. Maybe they're thinking that this deal could have been made without the first-round pick. But the way I see it is that first-round pick, if, you, if, if it's Moses Brown, I mean, I, I just – I'm almost surprised that the Thunder put him in this deal, right? I, I mean, I would, I'm would. i not surprised that they shopped him, but I'm just kind of – like, if you're the Celtics, I just – I don't see a trade that you get more value for Kemba Walker than this. I mean, you get a young prospect who's 23 years old, uh, who's shown potential this season – I mean, he, he he slapped nine ball with nine blocks, not grabbed nineteen rebounds in one half against the Celtics. So they know better than anybody that this this guy has not only potential, but he can ball, you know, on any given night. How do you feel about someone like that coming in when you have Robert Williams essentially uh, playing that same role? Well, the the thing I I, I like about the facts, the stats you gave me, but that was a one off. When you think about those number of rebounds he's able to get. He had 19 rebounds in one half and only got four more for the game. Uh, something's going on there. I think he is uh, – he's physically he, – well, Yeah, I mean, the numbers big, are skewed, right? He, At that he, time, he, they were taking away. And, yeah, yeah, but he's a, he's a big guy. He can do a lot of different things. But I just want to, again, just be more cognizant of what this team has and what are the next moves right now. And the most important move right now is the coaching carousel. Who's going to be that guy who's going to come in and do the job uh, as a coach? I don't think that you can talk about all these other things right now, but until you go out and get the guy who's going to coach your team and knowing what kind of players he wants in that system, you know, that that is the most important thing the Celtics have to do. Who are some of the new names that you like? Or has anything changed in your opinion? Who, who, well, who's your favorite candidate right now? 
Well, my favorite is Chauncey Phillips. Uh, the guy that nobody talks about is Mark Jackson. But here, here's the, I'm going to throw you a dark horse. I'm going to throw you a name out there that nobody's talked about. And, uh, and Huh? Yudoka? No, 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 not I like Yudoka. Him. I'm I like gonna Yudoka. go. I'm going to go with a, a former Celtic who was around, who coached for a while. And, Ricardo? Uh, the, the coach has to – I'm going to do that again. The coach has to be black. I know this one of these oh, okay, things right. where, where we're gonna guess back and forth, but Brian, but Brian Shaw is a guy that nobody's talked about, that is coached on a high level, that played with the Celtics, that has the intellect. He's done. He's dealt with uh, Kobe Bryant when he was in, uh, you know, young stars uh, early on in LA. So he's another uh, a name that people haven't talked about that could be out there. And, and the only reason I say yeah. that the coach has to be of color is because of the situation that happened with Brad. That I've always, you've heard me talk about this before, saying that this team needs some people of color, and especially upper management. Well, you decided that you wanted to, the Celtics decided they wanted to hire Brad. And I'm okay with that because as an owner of a team, I think you should be able to get a choice of, you know, who you want to, you know, direct your team. I like that. But by doing that, and not making it public and not giving other black candidates an opportunity to show themselves, that puts them more of in the pickle to say, okay, we got to now hire a coach of color. Now, here's the thing that could be crazy. And this is the, the crazy one. Is Carol Lawson, is she, can she be that person? I mean, what's the biggest impact you can make as a coach if you're the Boston Celtics right now? Black woman? That would be a huge statement. Huge. Yeah. And and it would mask anything you were doing. It'd give you a year or two really to get your team together because the conversation and the narrative would be about her as a coach, not necessarily about how your team is doing. Did you uh, hear what Jalen Brown put up on, on his uh, Twitter earlier this week? I did not. So Jalen Brown, and I want to make sure I get this right, so I'm going to pull it up right now. Jalen Brown tweeted out, analytics, and he wrote, seven NBA teams are remaining. Four are led by African-American head coaches. He just left it at that. I I remember reading that. Uh, Yeah, I like the fact. I like his stance. And Jalen has been so vocal about uh, Black Lives Matter and about black issues. So I could see him being a guy who would speak about this team in that way. And, and yeah, I like absolutely. I like it. I, I love his stance on that. Uh, so yeah, I, I just again I believe that the coach is going to be a person of color. That could be a female, but I think the person is going to be of color. You know, it's interesting. You know, um, it's been reported that Jason Tatum is going to do the Olympics. Going to join Team USA, and I would love to hear. And I know he's going through injuries now. He's going to work his way through, and he should be good to go by the start of the regular season. But I would love to hear Jalen Brown do the same thing. You know, you know how I feel about these two, and I would love for them to to, to bond more and get more time. Or maybe if, if it takes being away from the team and being at a competitive level together, but in a different situation, you know, like maybe that helps them. You know, in, in terms of advancing and, and and helping that friendship become blossom into something that they know is going to make the team better or make their teammates better, rather. Or shit, call it a recruitment trip, Max. I mean, in a year or two, if there's a free agent out there and the books are cleared and the Celtics are back back again in the market for, for, for a top-tier free agent, 
you want to market yourself to a point where, where guys say, you know what, not only can those two play well individually, but look how well they play together. I'm the missing piece for those guys. You know what, let me call my agent. I want to go to Boston. Let's start a big three. You know, I, that's how it works, Max. You know, in my opinion, right? That's how it works. Kevin Durant and the Warriors, you know, he went there because he knew that he knew what he was getting himself into. Like, you want to make your situation look as attractive as possible. Being a 500 team in the Eastern Conference, that's not it. That's not going to do it. Um, I had not thought of that. And I think that's brilliant on your part of saying it as a recruitment tool of being in the Olympics, talking about your team, showing guys who you are as a player. I hadn't thought about that. Now, our guy Nick Joso, our our grand Puba, he is up, so Nick? far he is so far against this of just saying that oh Tatum in the Olympics no and, and, oh, and he's part afraid of, he's get part, hurt. That's no no part part of this I understand too what what he's saying is also not necessarily hurt but just resting your body. Here's a guy who came off of COVID. And you came off of COVID. You don't know, you know, he's told us how it's affected him. And you'll know, again, the long-term effects on it. But I think yeah. he needs time to heal his body. So this would be a three, four-month rest period where you can kind of get yourself back in mentally together to get ready to play instead of dealing with the pressures of going to the Olympics and then jumping right back into the season again. I don't care who it is, and, and I, I have to agree with him on that point. Yeah, I would love to win an Olympic medal. What's, what is more important to you right now, you know, getting prepared for, you know, to win a world championship or to win an Olympic medal? And and to me, I, I think he has to answer that. For, but if I'm looking at as a player and as a great player, LeBron, LeBron James talked about it, the shortened season. And you could look at all the guys who got hurt and all the top teams who, you know, did not get to the finals this year because of, you know, just lack of rest. So in in that terms, I I would have to agree with Nick Joso in the fact that he would say, yeah, maybe this is a time for uh, Tatum or Brown to rest their body. You know, a lot of people were talking about the bubbles, you know, the the 2020 playoffs, is the winner of that. Do they get an asterisk next to your next to their name? And you said, you know what, they should get two championships for what they did because that it was that much more difficult. What about this year, though? No one talks about that this year, right? I mean, maybe now people are starting to talk about it because they're seeing all these injuries pile up and the Lakers get bounced out of the first round. LeBron James going home early. People, you know, people aren't used to seeing that kind of thing, right? But yeah, I, I, the winner I, I think, of this, yeah. some people might put an asterisk next to their name and say, you know what, man, the Suns they battled a, a, a team that was that was that was tore up, you know, out. Whether it was, uh, I was going to say Al Jefferson, whether it was Anthony Davis or LeBron James, you know, you can go down the list of how many teams are rattled with injuries. Like, whoever wins this, don't, don't get me wrong, this has been a heck of a playoffs regardless. We're seeing some great basketball, but it's, it's, you can't ignore the fact that a lot of guys, a lot of teams are missing their best guys. Yeah, you miss your best guys who are hurt. And that's, I think, we talk about resting your body. But at the same time, I think it's more amazing that they got through this season. Remember early in the season where you would have teams would have eight players or seven players and, and COVID protocol and all those things went along. Teams were playing like one game every two weeks and they were able to get back and, and complete the season. That to right. me, it, it, that to me was, was huge. And now getting back and starting to have fans in your building, I, I'm, I'm taking nothing away from this season. Again, I'm giving it maybe another star. 
Guys, I uh, just want to take a second and talk about Marigold. Uh, with their stem cell uh, research, has been amazing. I went and did an evaluation, and I ended up getting a, uh, a shot. And uh, I'm hoping right now I'm going to be back on the court. These guys were brilliant. They communicate well. They give you an education on what it's like. And that is what really, to me, won me over because not only were they going to give me an operation, a procedure, but they were going to educate me about this procedure. And in learning and, and, and being comfortable, that is how you get well. And that's how you become partners. And uh, my big shout out to those guys. They did a fantastic job. Check them out at marigoldmedical.com. That's the place to be. All right, let's wrap up with this one. Atlanta Hawks, man, they had themselves a golden opportunity to knock off the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers and punch their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they didn't get it done. Offense, was it, just dried up, I guess? I don't know what you want to call it, but regardless, we got a Game 7, Sixers, Hawks. We'll squeeze in a little NBA playoffs here before we wrap up. Give me a prediction, Max. Who wins this? Is this Sixers it? win. Is this going to take this one home? Sixers win it. And here's the thing about it. Dude, that's Atlanta. That is Atlanta. When, when they, what was the score against the uh, – yeah, did, did you see what they did, though? Hold on, real quick, though. It, it, what? Yeah, it, it was two minutes left. Uh, Trey Young just hit a huge, a, a huge three with, with zero seconds left on the shot clock. And after a timeout, the lights just mysteriously went out. Like, they just, it, the lights just went out. It's Atlanta, man. What are you talking about? Every time you see an Atlanta team, something <laughs> always crazy happens. No, I don't I know, mean, man. That one's a little sus, though. That's suspect, what? man. I mean, okay, they're trying to cool off. They're trying to cool off the Sixers, man. You, wait a minute. You remember again? What was the score in that game against the Patriots? Twenty-eight to three. Three. That's right. Twenty-eight to three, and that lost also the game. In that's right. It have, that was Atlanta. So, you know, I'm not sure if Atlanta has a curse or whatever it is, but uh, I just think that the way they play, I think they play uh, – if the threes aren't falling, then they get they get themselves in trouble because they don't have the – they don't – the thing that, that Philly has, they have that one that one guy, Joel Embiid, that nobody can stop. He gets on the box, and, and he's a guy who's going – and what happens, normally the game slows down in the playoffs. And when it slows down, you have to have that consistent guy who's in the paint. And Joel Embiid is that consistent guy that can be in the paint that not there's not an Atlanta Hawk out there that can even think about guarding Joel Embiid. And uh, that's a Joel Embiid like on maybe a leg and a half. So uh, I think that I think again that the Doc Rivers and his team they get it done. You have the Clippers up against the Utah Jazz. The Clippers, man, another historic. Come from behind, win. This one wraps up the series, but it wasn't. The, it wasn't just about the stars doing it, right? Because of course they had to do this without Kawhi Leonard. They did it with Paul George doing his thing with twenty-eight points. But shout out to Terrence Mann. This guy had himself a night, man. Thirty-nine points. This is a six three-pointers. He said that he wasn't even sure after the game how many points he had because he said the last time I looked, I was at like thirty-six. Man, I was two in the zone. What a performance for the first time in thirty years. The Los Angeles Clippers are going to the Western Conference Finals. Somebody told me today that, uh, uh, talking to Rick Mahorn, my buddy who used to play with uh, Detroit, he was talking, he said, uh, yeah, maybe the tr- maybe L.A.'s fans, they shouldn't get so excited. I was like, those are Clipper fans. 
They should be as excited as hell. They should celebrate because they've never been that far. I mean, right. they've had some teams in the past that were really good teams that didn't make it. The Blake Griffin's teams like that. Um, and Paul George's team, and, and they they did it without one of their best players in Kawhi Leonard. So they're they're a team that, to me, I'm not sure if they can win it uh, unless Kawhi comes back. And and I'm not sure what the injury is, but if Kawhi yeah, doesn't come, team is tough, man. if the Kawhi doesn't come back, it's going to be mighty tough for them to win it. And uh, you know to, to pull it out in that way. They they Paul George probably now, and and, and we can say it. He's finally kind of got the monkey off his back, uh, you know, because everybody said that, you know, he was the Paul George that was going to collapse almost in every one of these games. And, and, and yeah, you, you you said that about him. So so let's look at it in a way like that. So, man, and they win. It was yeah. one Terrence Mann away from, from collapsing again, man. Terrence Mann had to come through and say that ass. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, ass. somebody has to be always the star coming through on the other side. It has to be that secondary player that nobody really looks at and notices. And uh, all of a sudden, that guy comes in huge and, and he was able to knock down shots. And if you are if you are right now Salt Lake City, what are you saying? You are by 25 points. So, 25 so points, man. Who, who Chris Snyder was beside himself, to say the least. Who, who have you got the blame? Other than yourself. Yeah. Could that be another coaching vacancy right there? No, I think Quinn Snyder is going to be good. Uh, you okay. know, I, I, I think in his position, he's going to be good. But it's just really strange that all these coaches are out there right now uh, without jobs. And and I think there's going to be so much movement. I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Ainge isn't in somebody's front office uh, within the next year. But really? I think, yeah, but I think he's going to get that itch. Yeah, I think he will, and I think he'll go out west. All right, last question, Max. What's the best? Uh, you know, you know what? Give me the top three. Uh, the best uh, top three coaching vacancies right now in the NBA. Wow, you know, New Orleans is a hell of a coaching spot when you talk about right. Zion being down there. Right. Uh, People talk Dallas, about Portland, but I'm like, man, Dallas, New Orleans Dallas is pretty to, good. Dallas has to be huge because you're talking about one of the best players right now in Luka Doncic out there. Without yeah. in, in a position that uh, people want to see him, and uh, I still put Boston I'm, number three, though. I'm gonna go, Boston I'm go with Boston, I'm gonna go with Boston because of Tatum and Brown and the kind of got players they have right now in some wide open system. I, I look at those as those to be in my top three spots. So, you said you're saying Boston number one? No, no, me number oh, one, okay. I, Number gotcha. one would probably be New Orleans, then I'd say Dallas, and then Boston number three. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'd probably go the same way. I was gonna say I was gonna say New Orleans. You no, know, oh yeah, yeah. I'll do the same thing. I'll do New Orleans, Portland, Boston. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Well, so, I didn't yeah. do that. I did I did New Orleans, Dallas. I mean that's what I meant. Sorry. No, yeah. Portland Portland's underneath Boston. Boston. Yeah, I put yeah. I put Portland fourth, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Max, that's gonna do it for us. I'm Joseph Pavone. He is Cedric Maxwell. Guys, you already know. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes, the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. Uh, subscribe and rate, and we'll be back here next week. Check, 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 check us out. Check us out. Check us out. That's what we're going to go check. with. Check, 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 check us out. Yeah, because we keep it as real as we can be. That's right. That's right. Always keeping it 100 here. <laughs>